Good evening and good morning to wherever you may be listening to this podcast, the new podcast from me, your host, James Dyer, the James Dyer podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is our very first proper episode and we thought we'd do it on the, um, on the uh, well, in the aftermath of England losing in the Euro 2020 final to Italy on penalties. We will get right into it. But before we do, I'm going to introduce a very dear friend of mine and my favourite person to have on the podcast uh a special guest james how you doing mate i'm good thanks mate how are you yeah all good uh well i, w- I would have been all right were it not for the fact that um england lost on penalties yeah, last night sad how do you feel about last night what's your opinion it's it's tough like as much as um i'm really proud the fact that we got to a final like i tried to console my son yesterday who's nine and say that mm. i'm 34 years old or will be never seen england play in a major tournament final, yeah. he's nine and has already seen England in a major final. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think I think we lost to the best team in the tournament. Yeah. If I'm com- being completely honest, mm. Italy coming into the tournament, I think what something like they lost one in thirty three games or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, big probably some decisions on Southgate's head, but that's what he's paid for. Um, yeah, yeah, and. Be it right or wrong, I still think he's the right man for the job. But um, just on that, then, because obviously there was that there was the talk of um, Gareth being offered a new deal, even what it, like whatever happened at the tournament. I guess my question with that is: Do we did, like does he deserve more time, or because I, I feel conflicted? Right, I feel like England had arguably one of the best squads. Yeah. Of, of any team you know if you look through some of the best teams like they all had their flaws so with Belgium they had obviously crazy talent like both the Hazard brothers Lukaku uh, Mertens uh, Carrasco yeah. Kevin De Bruyne Witzel it's yeah. insane but they had a very uh, ageing defence yeah. a little bit like Italy in a yeah. way like Vertonghen Alderweireld mm-hmm. uh, Vermaelen um, then you looked at Portugal though again they their big downfall obviously was they had a very pragmatic manager like defensive manager yeah. for a team that's got like crazy attacking yeah, talent like yeah, obviously Ronaldo's older but you, you know Diego Yotta, um, Renato Sanchez in midfield like they've got some quality players um, and then you look and but again aging defenders like Pepe and people like that I know they have Ruben Diaz but Ruben Diaz he formed such a good partnership with Stones in the Premier League. Yeah, it's not going to tra- It's not going to go straight yeah, to the international you, side. Yeah, no, exactly. And obviously Guardiola and the Portuguese manager are very different. Um, and moving on to like people like Germany, you know, they didn't really have a recognised number nine. They got Werner, but obviously he's been yeah. pretty average, really. Um, you know, and then and then you've got Italy who <clears throat> blew away Turkey in the first game. I think that shocked everybody. Yeah, um, it shocked me. It's funny because I think. You know, 
me and you have watched football for years and when you think of those good sort of old-fashioned sides sort of the late 90s early 2000s were a very defensively good side mm. whereas now i see them as an attacking side mm. with the likes of Insigne, immobile mm. um you know Berardi, all these players coming through yeah. Bellotti, um, Bellotti, yeah they're all mm. very attacking players and it was almost watching a completely different Italy. Yeah, it was mad. Um, I'll be honest, I don't watch Italy if they're not in a major tournament. No, of course, I, I yeah. won't watch a friendly. No, yeah. But if I compare them to what I've seen previously, they're like a completely different side. Yeah, no, I do agree with you. And I think I think Mancini deserves a lot of credit. 100%. You know, and actually touching on Mancini, I actually thought, going back to the manager thing, the question I asked about Southgate deserving more time, I thought that was the difference yesterday more than anything else. The difference was that they had a manager who's been there, done it, yeah. got the T-shirt. He's won the Premier League. Um, you know, he's won Serie A. For me, he was the difference. Yeah. Like, he wasn't... Like I, I have to be honest. I, I know I'm an Arsenal fan and I, I shouldn't like Kane, but I rate Kane. He's clearly an excellent striker. But I, I, made a, I put a tweet out, actually, saying that Chiellini and, and Benucci had excellent games. Yeah. But if if Harry Kane was world class, like genuinely world class, like people say he is, mm-hmm. I think he outfoxes them. They're old, they're slow. Yeah, yeah, yes, they're experienced. Don't don't get me wrong, and I'm not knocking them as defenders. They've, they've got such they've got such pedigree. But for me, if Kane was world class, he outfoxes them at least yeah. once in the game, and I don't yeah, think he I did. Yeah, I agree. And I think the again, it goes back to the decision on the tactics. I know there were a few people. We were d- divided in opinion, let's say, mm. going with five at the back with win backs. And yes, it worked out for the first goal, but if we're being completely honest, that was a fluke. Yeah, that I was mean, a fluke it, it didn't goal. work for the other 88 minutes. No. So. Um, so I don't think the system was right for Harry Kane. I think when England go four at the back and have that extra man in midfield, yeah. it allows the likes of. Declan Rice or Calvin Phillips to push forward and be that extra man, mm. which then gives space to Sterling and. Who was on the wing yesterday? No one was on the wing. So no, 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 I mean, yeah. no, it was Mount. That's it. it was Mount um, like playing more as a kind of like? I'm not quite 10. sure what role yeah. he was. He was almost like a free role kind yeah. of. Um, so I don't think the system was right for that game. And I think, if I'm being honest, that was the only mistake Gareth Southgate has made in the in the whole tournament. Um, but it's the one that cost us the most, I'd say. Yeah, I agree. And you touched on a, a player there that I really like, who I think has done really well this tournament, is Calvin Phillips. Yeah. Um, the Yorkshire pillow. Yeah, bless him. Yeah, a really good player, really talented, great energy, tough tackling, proper like Leeds man, or seems that way. Um, but on young players, why do you think Saka was on the fifth penalty? Why? Because I can't work out a reason why a 19-year-old boy who's never, as far as I'm aware, taken a professional penalty in his in his in his short career why he's taking probably the second most important or either either, important I, 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 yeah, either the most important yeah. penalty or along with the first penalty, yeah. the equally important yeah. penalty. So, I, Unless you're a, a fly in the wall in the dressing room or in training, from what I'm hearing today, obviously the, the morning after, is Sancho, Rashford and Saka perform the best in training on penalties. Yeah, I, so so I read that somewhere. if if Rashford, Sancho and Saka have smashed in every single penalty they, they've done in training and they get to the final and they put their hands up and say, I want to take a penalty, mm. I think that shows 
amazing belief from a manager that he puts that kind of belief, yeah, that belief faith, in that faith yeah. in you yeah. as a player. And it, it, it's horrible that he missed it, but could you imagine if he scored it? Yeah, and I guess that's you know that's the thing we we kind of touching on there or alluding to the fact that you know penalties ultimately whatever you say about them they are total lottery, yep. you know, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, Donnarumma is a is an, a Fantastic beast of a man. People. Yeah, I mean, Fantastic he's enormous um, presence in that goal. You know, he's about twice the size yeah. of Saka in terms of height. You know, just a beast of a man and. Um, you know, penalties are a lottery at the end of the day. We're obviously, you know, really heartbroken last night. It was obviously really painful um, to, to lose that, but not as painful as the aftermath, um, particularly on social media, but also from what I understand out after Wembley um, yeah, and that kind of thing. And obviously we're talking about the racism directed specifically towards um, Sterling, uh, sorry, Sancho, Rashford and Saka. Obviously, Sterling has yeah. experienced it a lot. But I wanted to say, actually, that it isn't just directed at those three, is it? It's an it's attack, on, it's it's an attack yeah. on the entire population of, of anybody with any different colour yeah. in this country, isn't 100%. it? 100%. And, you know, I said before we started recording today, like, it's fine being a black footballer when you're winning, mm. but it seems like as soon as you lose, it's an issue. Yeah. And that's you make not a mistake, right. yeah. And, yeah. You, you, you're thrown out to dry. That's that's not right. Um, you know, I think people forget. You know, Marcus Rashford fed the poorest children in this country, yeah. And everyone was behind him in a time. He was given an OBE or some, on MBE or something, but mm, mm. because he misses a penalty, he's automatically the villain. Yeah. No, that's not right. And the worst thing is, he isn't just a villain; he's a black villain. Yeah. And that's worse. Yeah. For those of you that don't know or can't see, because we're not filming this, it's obviously a podcast. Um, James is originally from, well, has family heritage in Mauritius. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, uh, isn't a white guy. Um, and that's why it's always valuable to get an opinion of somebody else as as a white person. I've said this on social media before, like, and I've been criticized by it by a number of people on social media but i've actually said i'm almost in, well, not almost i actually am embarrassed to be white at points yeah because it's just painfully embarrassing yeah. because and i know like the same the same with um let's say like it's the same with anything but you you know it's, it's all very, it's not fair necessarily for me to say oh i'm embarrassed to be white because there are a lot of white people that do good things yeah. but i'm i'm kind of taking the racist um uh, stance on it if you like and generalizing yeah so like what what racists do is they take that they take their opinion and they smother that all over every single black person or yeah. every single asian person or every single person from eastern europe or whatever it yeah. might be and i guess i'm kind of doing the same like as a white person as a, and a straight white male i guess i find the racism Obviously, I can't empathise with it, but what I can do is be embarrassed by it and sort of like almost ashamed of people that are of my colour, of my gender, if it's sexism or or whatever. Um, it's just it's just desperately unfortunate. Well, not unfortunate. That, that's really not doing it justice. It's just desperately disgusting. Like yeah. it's just deplorable at this point. And it kind of ruins everything that the last what four or five weeks has stood for. The you know, in the darkest time, the whole country have come together following England yeah. to a, a European Cup final. Yeah. And it's automatically undone by the actions of a few. It's, yeah. 
it's just such a shame and it is you know t- today at work you know people messages ping around you know we have a dna strand at work a bame dna strand mm. and someone on there said that her her eldest son who's a teenager mm. was worrying about going to football training today yeah yeah, yeah. he's a black male yeah he that's has to appalling. go to football training this afternoon yeah knowing that he's potentially going to get some stick from oh. his mates whether it be a bit of fun or openly racist yeah he shouldn't have to worry about that no. because someone missed a penalty. No, of course. It, it's just disgusting. Yeah. And do you know what? I think that's you touched on a good point where you said, like, whether it's a bit of fun or just clear out racism. I think the problem is, is there are a lot of people that pass off, like, racially motivated comments. Oh, it's just banter. Yeah. Oh, it's just I'm having a laugh. I'm just having a joke. It's like, no, but what you don't understand is, it's one, it's There's not funny. There's behind that, yeah. Yeah. There's belief and there's a there's a there's a kind of yeah there's a kind of substance behind the comment that you yeah. just think mm, well, that's not really funny though is it yeah. sort of thing. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> guys, that have been listening, twelve and a half minutes in and uh, we've been pretty depressing so yeah. far, being all about England's defeat mm-hmm. and all about racism. But what we should say is that James and I uh, have been friends for a very long time. We have also started a um, YouTube channel. Uh, which is going to be rebranded soon. It was originally called TEA or the Eloquent Arsenal or T. Um, that will change um, in formation with the podcast and we're hoping to build the episodes. Um, James and I have been friends for a very, very long time. Back in school. Uh, when did you join? Year eight? Eight. Year eight. So for those listeners that may be abroad or those kind of things, year eight would be kind of like second year, yeah. I guess. Uh, kind of the age of about... 13 roughly um and we've known each other since then been very good friends and uh yeah it's just um it's just great to have have james on um one thing i did want to ask you about was recently you've started up um uh, personal training yeah so mm-hmm. tell me tell, tell us a bit about that so um for those of you that don't know me um I, I've always been a big guy. Uh, James will tell you he's probably been on the receiving end of some tackles or shoulder barges um, <laughs> uh, in the past. Um, but in uh, December 2020, I actually caught COVID, and mm. it obviously COVID attacks people that are more on the overweight side, and yeah. it made me thinking about you know wanting to lead a, a healthier lifestyle okay. and stuff like that. So, did you immediately change your lifestyle choices at that point, or did so you? So, I've always I've always been a fit and healthy guy. Mm. Um, I've probably carrying excess weight like anyone, mm. um, but it just kind of. Sorry, yeah, just to cut yeah. you in that. Do you know what I've, I've I've said before? You know what you're five eight, five nine. Yeah. You know, really stocky, yeah. really strong. But you've always been very quick. Yeah. You've always been very fit. You've always been able to run around. You've always been able to play football. (laughs) We used to do it all the time. Um, So, yes. No, sorry to cut you. But, yeah, yeah, that's one thing that's a good point to make. um, So, since kind of once I recovered from COVID, and I'm I'm lucky to be um, one of the people that got over it quite quickly, so within two weeks, Mm. um, I immediately made a decision to want to lead a healthier lifestyle yeah um so I've all, again i've always enjoyed going gym and stuff like that yeah, so sure um i started i started training myself going to the gym again and working out at home mm-hmm. and i began to see the weight slowly fall off you know rome wasn't built in a day so of course yeah. it's, it's never going to be fixed overnight um and I, I made the decision to start a personal training course um so i'm about 
six months in now. Mm-hmm. Um, but whilst I'm training, I want to open up to about ten people. Yeah. Uh, just to I guess get test the, the business model. Yeah, test the business model. Yeah. Um, so to be a personal trainer, you obviously to, to, to train in a gym, you have to be certified yeah. to be able to train in a gym, health and safety and stuff like that. But actually, outside of training in a gym you don't need any qualifications. Okay. So what I want to do is apply what I've learned to help other people in the same situation that I was in yeah. to help themselves lose weight and be confident that they'll be equipped to lead a healthier lifestyle yeah. after that. Yeah. So yeah, that's my main goal. That's wicked. So so are you going to do presumably not just physical training, but also like diet plans and those kinds yeah, of things? Yeah, so um, the qualification I'm following is to obviously be a qualified personal trainer and nutritionist. Mm-hmm. So um, nutrition is obviously a massive thing now. Mm. You know, there's fast food on every bloody corner now. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. My kids want McDonald's after But it's all about making those healthier choices. So, you know. Yeah, of course. If you want to go to KFC, there is a healthy option to KFC. If you of want course. to go to McDonald's, you can go to McDonald's. You know, of course. But it's everything's got to be within the limit. And you know, I, I've been in the situation where you just binge on food. Uh, you'd have bad days where you just eat constantly. Of course, yeah. And then panic about it later. Yeah. I just want to give people the knowledge and experience to control it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the first step for people, really. People, there's yeah. a lack of understanding. And there's a lot of misconceptions about training. People yeah. think that you go to a gym, lift massive heavy weights, which will put people off. Yeah, of course. Whereas it is the complete opposite. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm training someone at the moment, and I've been training him for three weeks. And already, we're seeing results. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I just want to get rid of the misconceptions. Yeah. And, um, and for, a, for a guy that's, you know, this is not any disrespect yeah. but for a guy that is small like shorter yeah. obviously like you said carrying a bit yeah. of excess weight but it's you know is actually fit and healthy yeah. it's just that that's your body shape yeah. and size yeah. I guess it's promoting that positive body image and those kind of things of course. Which, which obviously make a huge difference yeah and you know things like fat shaming people you know yeah, yeah. there are I have accepted the fact I'm always going to be a stocky guy I'm yeah. never going to be yeah, sure. a 12 stone Lean, slim gym type, slim gym type guy. I'm, yeah. never, I'm never going to be that, and I've accepted that. But that doesn't mean that I carry on how I used to be. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, like dinners and stuff. At least three times a week, I'll have grilled meat of some kind. Yeah, yeah. One day a week, I'll have a cheat day. I'll, I'll have a pizza. I'll have a chicken and chips. You know. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's all the stuff you read in the paper and yeah, the stuff the in the media. To, yeah. you know, and then you've got things yeah. like, I know this is crazy, but like the Netflix series Too Hot to Handle, yeah. Love Island, yeah. all of these things where you see these, don't get me wrong, you know, very fit men, you know, very slim women, you know, they're out there in their bikinis and their tight shorts and that kind of stuff. But I guess for people that are, let's say, normal, yeah. in inverted commas, that I know from my personal experience, like I, I, funny enough, I turned up to a gig a couple of weeks ago and the bouncers that are on the door, um, who I've met many, many times, one of them said, um, oh, your missus being feared in you. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do the accent. But, it, um, but she was, and I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you put on weird. And I was like, thank you. Now I feel really good about myself. I put this jumper on earlier thinking, oh, I don't look too bad today. And you fucked that right up. So thank you for that. Oh, no, that's brilliant. That's yeah. absolutely brilliant. So um, just to flick it back very quickly to football again before we wrap up. So Sancho signed for Manchester United. Yeah. Today, I'm seeing very heavy links and positive ones with Rafael Varane yeah. from Real Madrid. Um, 
What are your feelings, as a Man United fan, what are your feelings at this point it's in time? exciting times. Um, uh, you know, I, I never thought in the season where there would be a European Championship that we would have signed someone like Jadon Sancho. Yeah. Obviously... It, second two years. But yeah, second two years to get this done. <laughs> I mean, it's the longest bloody transfer saga ever. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, from what we saw in the Euros and what we've seen from in um, the Bundesliga, he looks like a very exciting player. Yeah. Um, should have got more chances in Euros. Yeah, he should have. Um, I just, again, I trust that Southgate didn't think he was right for certain games. Yeah, and he yeah. was right up until the final because we won every game all yeah. through. Um, Rafael Varane, I mean, Harry Maguire has been absolutely immense. I have Euros. to say, right, we sat here on the, on the YouTube channel a few months back and I'm pretty sure in one of the videos we was like, he is rubbish. <laughs> for 80 million quid, yeah. you've bought a fridge. Yeah. Where actually... Credit where it's due, and whether it's because he's in an England shirt or whatever, I don't know. But he took, well, he came in for Tyrone Mings and has been nothing short of unbelievable. Yeah, and do you know what? I mean, you touched on it earlier about Diaz being in the Portugal side and it not quite working out for him. I think Stones was the perfect partner for him in this, at the uh, centre-back for England because... With Maguire, you mean? With yeah, Maguire, yeah, yeah. because Sorry, yeah, yeah. Maguire is a very tidy defender. Almost a bit like how Rio Ferdinand used to be. Very tidy, calm and collective, good with his feet, can bring the ball out. Yeah. Whereas Stones is the one throwing his body in the middle of tackles. He's getting out there, he's doing the dirty stuff. I think having someone like Varane, who's very similar to not worried about putting his body on the line, yeah. will throw himself into tackles, yeah. that will bring the best out of Maguire. Yeah. Um, he's quick he's a quick centre back yeah, yeah. he's played in Spain so he'd like to think yeah. he can play with the ball 100% you know. yeah. no, and, it's a good time um, by the look of it the other one today was I think they signed a set piece coach mm. from Chelsea mm. um, again I can't remember the last time Man United called us scored a set piece goal no. so it's good that they're working on this type of oh, thing that isn't a free kick or yeah, penalty yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I mean, I, I mean Luke Shaw's proved it he's Wicked at a dead ball. I tell you um, what, right? Quick shout out to Luke Shaw. Not that it's going to mean much on this little <laughs> podcast, but shout out to Luke Shaw because for me, I really liked him at Southampton. I wanted Arsenal to get him because we had that we signed like Chambers and Walcott. I remember and I us he having that conversation about yeah before we went to United. And I, when Mourinho said all his comments and obviously like the leg break under Van Gaal and all that kind of stuff. I think it was under Van Van Hole, was yeah, it? He yeah. broke his leg. Yeah. I really thought, oh, he's, he's gonna like, he's gonna peter out. He's gonna fall thing. off. Yeah, he's been unbelievable yeah. in this tournament. And do you know what I love as well? And again, it's the Arsenal kind of tribalism. But I love how Luke Shaw's talked about Bakayo Saka as well. Yeah, you know, he's really talked him up and said what a good lad he is. He's so almost like I, massive I can't, credit I to Luke Shaw. I, don't, I can't remember how old he is. He's still young though. He's like 24, 25. 25 yeah. He's he's one of the leaders in that squad. Yeah, he looks and, like one. Um, I mean, even at United, he's he looks like a leader in that team, and that that's what you need. You need those players to show a bit of maturity and become leaders on the pitch. It's all well yeah. and good having a captain, but you need leaders all over the pitch. Of course, um, of course. And I, I think that going back to England again, I think that's what happened at this Euros. There were leaders all over the pitch. Yeah, you know, everyone from Kieran Trippier, Carl Walker. Uh, Pickford, like I've never seen a goalkeeper go as mad as Pickford. I'll like, tell you yeah. what, Pickford's save for Jorginho's penalty yeah. was unbelievable. That yeah. that deserved to that deserved to win a shootout. Yeah. Really, it was just a shame that the the rest of the penalties didn't. But yeah, no, I I think there is a again back to England again. I I think there's a really positive future and 
you know, we finished fourth in the World Cup, we finished third in the Nations League, second in the Euros, there's only one left. Yeah. And that's winning a tournament. Yeah, of course. Um, Do you know what, as well, just touching on that, actually, you make a good point. Does it help us that the Qatar World Cup is actually quite soon? Yeah. Because I was thinking this, like, you know, normally you have like a full two years yeah. for the next tournament. You've got qualifiers and then the Nations League now and all this kind of stuff. There's an argument to say that actually the fact that the Qatar World Cup is so soon, it's like less than 18 months away. You're going to have little time to forget about this. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to go sorry, from... Flip, sorry, flip that. You're going to get over this really quickly because you've you're going got to, to yeah, you've, you've got, got to, to qualify for that, yeah. and you've got, and you're going to have the memories of this fresh, but also you're going to look at it and go, this, it's not like, you know, like quite often, like let's say like Ronaldo for Portugal, right? In two years, well, eighteen months time, there's probably a question mark of is he actually going yeah. to go? Like his age, we don't have any players that are at that age, no. with the exception of maybe Jordan Henderson. Mm. Uh, but he looks fit as a fiddle yeah. to me. Carl Walker's in his thirties, but again, he looks like he's ne- he's never getting slower. If anybody's yeah. getting faster, yeah. you know, we're this is a great chance for England to really yeah. build on this. Yeah, and, and you know, you forget about half the arguably the players that are on the bench for England. Some of them are better than the players on the pitch. You know, Phil Foden, he didn't get much of a look in. I know he had a carry a bit of a knock, yeah, a bit but of a knock imagine him in 18 months. I agree. When he gets a little bit more time. Under Guardiola, City. like title yeah. winner now, those kind of things. Imagine Jack Grealish if he gets a move. God. Imagine if Harry Kane gets a move. Yeah, I mean, I think Harry, uh, sorry, Harry Kane, I think if Harry Kane moves to, let's say, Man City, which at first I thought that's going to happen. Now Guardiola said they can't afford him and all this kind of stuff, but that might be mind games. But with Kane, I feel like if he goes to Man City... He's forty goals a season. Yeah, he and will just be. He will just become a winner. And I think, yeah, and I think that's what England need. Yeah. Like England need winners now. And I think that's that's the other great thing about the World Cup next year. It falls bang in the middle of a bang in the middle of yeah bang in the middle of Premier a Premiership season. season. Players are going to be on form. There's yeah. none of this going away and coming back. I think it's November the twenty first yeah. to December the eighteenth. Yeah. or something. So they're all going to be on form. Um, there's going to be no shine away from it. Gareth Southgate is going to have a pick of players on form he's not going to have to worry about a break afterwards So and don't forget I mean you've got other players to come into that squad like you've got Mason Greenwood at Manchester yeah. United you've got Emil Smith-Rowe from Arsenal you know there are other players he didn't play Reese James barely no. he didn't play Chilwell no. you know Foden was out injured in the end you know he barely played Rashford barely played Sancho these are all young guys yeah. like quality They're young young men well. you know yeah. um guys thank you so much for listening to this podcast it's been a relatively quick episode um and I know it was a bit depressing at the beginning, so apologies about that. But we are going to do more. We're going to have lots of guests on this podcast. We're going to have so many people coming on. We're going to have restaurateurs. We're going to have people that are in different industries. We're going to have a Britain's Got Talent finalist on the show. We're going to have all sorts of subjects coming along. And we can't wait to do them for you. Thank you so much. Please like, share, subscribe, and we will see you soon. Thank you very much. This has been the James Dyer Podcast from James. And James. <laughs> see you later. Thanks very much. Thank you.